I am finally trying out free bleeding underwear. Oh yeah. Yeah. How's that going? Um, well I just did, I, f- I forgot to, well I didn't bring them on my trip because I wasn't supposed to start my period, but it was once again, several days early for two months in a row now. Um, and so then I just kind of was like, fortunately I have enough tampons scattered around all my stuff in a sort of back to the future-esque way or like Bill and Ted, you know, like yeah. you that kind of like, ah, many months ago I thought I had the foresight to leave tampons in this suitcase, you know? Anyway, so I had just enough to get me back, but now I've been meaning. I try. I bought these a few weeks ago from the internet, and then when I got the, them in. Are they the Thinks? No, there's several now, and I honestly don't remember what these are called, which is great because that way we're not giving free advertising to whichever company. Um, yeah, good point. Yeah, so if you do want us to uh, endorse your product, send me some of your period underwear because I bought a five pack because they came in like packs of five or six, and so now I have five or six large. And I really needed mediums, it turns out. Um, I'm finally at the place where I think I'm ready for medium-sized underwear. I've been doing large for a long time, but I am just just under that curve now of like, uh, okay. I'm not even going to be muffing topping. I'm, I need a medium. And so I was going to return them, but I honestly could not figure out how wh- where I even bought them from or where these things exist online. <laughs> like, mm. I couldn't find an email or anything. You know, sometimes you make these Instagram purchases, or I don't know if that's what it was. Anyway, but I do shit like that sometimes where it's like free shipping or like you don't pay for anything but shipping. I'm like, "Uh." I'll get this random piece of jewelry for six bucks. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I've ordered some. I've ordered two or three Instagram. You win. You got me. Yeah. (laughs) And that's like fair enough. I'm like, no, this is a fair exchange. I will. You know, I'm fine with paying six dollars for a diva cup. I think that was my latest Instagram purchase. Yeah. Just had to free pay free shipping and they would send you some kind of diva cup. Um. Anyway, but so these are large. It's just, it's, I like the idea of, especially on your lighter days, just having the, the underwear, no tampon. Cause I do think the tampons give us cramps. I think that's part of the cramp complex is the jumbo tampons. I mean, have you like enjoyed it or not well, enjoyed it? Or has it just been better than like, I'm not deriving sexual pleasure out of it. Well, that's why, <laughs> that's why I changed. <laughs> I don't have a period underwear how, fetish. How wet are you based off these period panties? That's the thing <laughs> that, well, that's what I don't like about it is that I feel wet because uh, now there's just like a slow trickle of blood seeping out of me. So I'm like, but it's, it's like I'm wearing them. And that gives me the peace of mind. And I don't feel like putting in a tampon, but it does mean that there's that feeling of like sitting in your own juices a little bit. And so now, but you can Mm. still just go and kind of like wipe it away. And then like, I don't really care about these underwear getting a little bit of blood on them though. That's, that's the good thing. So I'm like, but I am definitely, I can feel the the blood dripping out of my vagina right now. So that's fine. I can get used to it. I just don't, I don't like putting in tampons and it's, it's so annoying. It's like the most... You know, like like yeah. transferring the laundry. It's just a tedious chore that never ends, and I don't like doing it. It's I, I will put off changing a tampon. I mean, I just really hate it. But I do, like, okay, I don't know the science on it, but it really did seem to me, like, the other day when I could only find regular tampons on my heavy day, I was just putting, you know, taking the, those in and out every two hours. And then when I finally found a, a Super Plus and I put that in, I immediately got cramps. And so... I mean, this has stuck with me for years because 
when I was like 16 or 17, I heard Larry the Cable Guy tell a joke about... <laughs> <laughs> the things that told, stay with I you. I know. He told a joke about like, I don't know if he had to buy a girlfriend or someone, some tampons once or like find one for her. And he picked up what must have been like, you know, super plus, And he was just being like... Well, good Lord. No wonder you guys have cramps (laughs) sticking this thing up in there. And I was like laughing at that. I mean, I'm like, I think he's right. As stupid as that is, and as stupid as a persona is, I'm like, yeah, I totally get fucking cramps from sticking jumbo fucking cotton plugs up there. And so instead of it being like, I'm just going to stick one of those in my vagina every 24 hours, days, you know, three to six of my period, I'm going to try to just learn to be okay with this trickling out of blood into my underwear. Yeah. That's the thing that's always like, I've wondered about like, you know, with people who are really like on board with free bleeding, it's like, do you have any weird sensation problems? Cause it's like, that's the thing that I think it would be hard to handle. Right. If yeah. you're just like, I mean, cause like, I don't know. I've had to get used just to being leaky. And so I can't imagine just like feeling like, like you said, just sitting in your own juices. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I could do that, especially if I hadn't done that my entire life. And then suddenly I'm like trying the free bleeding thing. And like, I don't know if I could cross that sensation, like boundary or whatever. Right. Well, yeah, because even when I, I feel like some of my OCD that was happening around puberty was that I would go and just like wipe a lot because I didn't like the feeling of like any kind of wetness. Yeah. You know how I am about like, I don't like um, drip drying either. But yeah. So when I was going, when I was in that puberty time and like, you know, you start becoming wet a little bit all the time. I always want, I would just go walk into the restroom, take some toilet paper, like wipe, throw it away. I would just do that mm. like pretty often. And it became kind of OCD. Of, it was definitely OCD of like, any feeling of moistness had to go um, just, and it kind of became like that, a vicious cycle of, uh, you know, then, then even a little hint of it becomes yeah, um, too much of a thing. And so this could become kind of healthy for me to be like, all right, I'm going to just sit in this fucking diaper of periodness. <laughs> so, yeah. That's a funny way to like sell it as period diapers. That's what they are. I know. <laughs> it's just like no one's going to put that phrase Adult like in their advertising. baby period diapers. Yeah, that's my... It's not a sex thing for me, but if it is for anyone else, I mean, that seems like a win. This is the Gender Fluids Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Ava Smart, a 26-year-old trans girl and bottom-leaning switch. And I'm Ariel Isaac Norman, a 32-year-old boy lesbian, for now. And we're bringing you the only queer podcast that isn't super gay. Gender Fluids is a podcast about all the sex and all the people. You can follow us on Instagram at Gender Fluids Podcast. On Twitter, we're at Gender Fluids Pod. Our email is genderfluidspodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to support us on Patreon, you can find us at patreon.com slash genderfluids. Enjoy the episode, y'all. Right on. Well, we'll check back in, I guess, that, next though? month. Like, what? if you're into adult baby diaper stuff, are you? Are some people into, like, adult periods yeah. into the diapers? Yeah, and also, like, of old and young. I know a lot of ABDL vagina-having people who, like, on their period will just wear, like, a pull-up instead For of... For sure. Well, I mean, Like, instead of, like, yeah, it's like... Yeah, it's like, it's, finally, it's, your interests align with mm-hmm. practical yeah. matter. I, you know, that's tight. 
But yeah, that's definitely a thing. I didn't know if it would bum them out because like babies don't have periods. So I don't think anybody that's like into age play, at least that I've seen, like has that type of like weird division of, division of like, yeah, it's like very, it's such a like act and like a role play, right? That mm-hmm. like, it's really hard to forget like, yeah, you've got like, you're a fucking adult on some level. Like that's why like, it's not, you know, with puppy play, it's just as puppy play, but at least with adult baby, it's like, they're like really trying to think and believe they're puppies, but with like adult baby shit, adult is still in the name. It's like, yeah, that's such a hard leap to like make. Like, I think, I don't that's think true. they're still calling themselves adult baby diaper. Lovers. Yeah. And like, you but know, there must I, be I mean, there are people that regress back baby. Di- yeah. Like, yeah. Little baby diaper lover people. Right. Yeah. Who want, yeah. Who don't want to be adults at all. I know that, but I'm just now saying. Now you got to like, square the period blood with being a child. So well, so <laughs> you're well. There's two things I guess we should differentiate real quick. Is one like ABDL, adult baby diaper lover, is usually technically divided by a slash. So oh. AB is like adult baby is like somebody that's into okay, the age right. regression aspect, and DL diaper lover is somebody who just has a diaper. Fetish. I always just imagine as adult baby diaper lover. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Walker, yeah. Texas Ranger, like <laughs> flashing a badge. Yeah, little diaper baby lover. Diaper, diaper lover here. <laughs> this seems to be the situation <laughs> uh, on the airplane. Psh, do we have any uh, adult baby diaper lovers on board? Please come to the cockpit. Or <laughs> need it. Um, okay, so yes, so, so they yeah, are, they might you might be an adult baby <laughs> and or a diaper lover probably yeah. both if you're some people that are into like the ab side of things aren't into diapers like yeah because you could be into wait what does bdsm again stand for uh bondage dominance sadism and masochism right but so you could be into letters technically in there but whatever we'll, qqia plus <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay but, um, so but wait so then you could also be into bondage and what do you say D- domination Bond, bondage and domination or sadomasochism like it, it's interesting just to think about like well, these things are maybe things, separable a little bit yeah well in bdsm they're 100% separable so like yeah. some people are just into the b they just like the bondage just aspect up. right mm-hmm. yeah it restrained in different ways some people are just into the d they just want to be dominated right and then on the other side of that's like sadomasochism masochism and like technically it's like oh fuck i'm so high it's like it's like two B's and two D's. It's like dominance and discipline. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, I think it's like B D D S S M or something like that. But shouldn't it be like submission, yeah, dominance, submission. and then sadomasochism? I mean, yeah. yeah. BDSM seems arbitrary that that's what we originally came up with as like the kind of term well, that no, everyone it's recognizes. It, it's like that longer acronym. The, I think yeah. that they shorten it because there are two D's and two S's. BD SSM. Yeah. This was too much for everyone. So BDSM. Feels like Mississippi at this point. Yeah, right. To... <laughs> okay. And okay, so like, so that, and that's the thing is like BDSM is different from things that are necessarily kinky. Some things can kind of be kinky, but not really fall into the world of like BDSM. Sure. Right. Even though most do, it's you, you can always have a kink or a fetish outside of that. So the, all the, and a lot of people turn, toss those terms around pretty interchangeably kink fetish and bdsm as if they're all the same things right. they're just not right, right. um yeah but i don't anyway, know how we got on that we, subject we were talking about <laughs> adult babies and yeah, or diaper oh yeah, lovers diaper, mm-hmm. so you could be a diaper lover without having any interest in babiness um adult or otherwise or you could be an adult baby who just didn't care for diapers um yeah. but you could maybe be but you could also be someone who was into wearing diapers and also was into being 
like a little, right? Is yeah. The, idea. the term the term is like little, yeah. So like A B or adult baby is like a pretty tossed around term, but people usually say like I'm a little, which just means you're in just some form of like age regression. Yeah. Or you like to pretend to be younger than you are, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not everybody wants to be like three years old, right? You know? Yeah. There's like a whole <laughs> world of like I like how we're just like acronyms. I know you would assume that everyone wants to be three, three. obviously <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's the age we'll all conjure up <laughs> how we definitely want to be molested um, or whatever it is for you I don't I mean do you do that you do that right where you're you're three in your head sort of in I some don't way do the and then three you thing oh what do you do I, I aim for more of like a slutty like 10 to 12 year old oh okay I don't even know. Where, I mean, and it's like, I like to feel like I'm being taken advantage of. And like, yeah, slutty 10 to 12 year old. Oh, Sometimes you know, I don't think I'm we've really ever done little as a sexual fetish of the week. This air age regression. Have we done age regression? No. But How has that not happened? I don't know. Well, we're in it now. Okay. <laughs> I guess we might as well just like. Maybe just record it. Yeah, the first. Flat, well, I mean, we'll just go from here and just make it a really long fetish because this has been great. So yeah. let's just keep going. And, okay. Well, no, yeah. I mean, I'm like, wait, why have I never thought about. I mean, I it's have. It's so much fun. Yeah, I think it scares me because I know that I would like it. Yeah. Um, so then I'm like, okay, well, now I have to like ask people to do this with me and this is vulnerable and I got to figure this out. And I it's don't like, know. It's such a f- great taboo to play with for me. Like, I love, the, I love like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like going in and like, in, in like. The like ten year old like side of things is like more rare because like that's a hard headspace for me to get in. I can't ever break or quote regress and like break out of my own mental headspace. You're not method I'm, acting. I, no, I can't. I've tried and like I always have such a firm tether and like the in my like present bodily reality. Okay. Um, but it, but like see that's just the idea of being like a slutty like little kid that like you know doesn't know like what their body's doing but just like has all these urges they have to fulfill and like then somebody being an adult that's taking advantage of that yeah i (laughs) no i mean i think it was or like or an adult that's training you like to be good like which is all these are like in irl super traumatic things that happen to people but like in this like controlled consenting space of like role play it's Awesome. There's nothing hotter than being taken advantage of. Also, yeah. the power dynamics involved are like are so fun to extend outside of just like sex and fucking, at least in my sure. opinion, right? Like that person being your caregiver or your parent, your mommy, your daddy or whatever. Uh-huh. Like being a brat to them and like playing with like that power. Yeah, it's just a fun kind of like dom sub like uh-huh. exchange. I can't get enough of it. Yeah. Okay. Big dreams is finding somebody that I can like really, really get into it with who, cause I've like had a few people like that, but like I've never like dated somebody long term enough to really like sink into it where we can okay. like explore that dynamic within a relationship over. Like, I just didn't, a, a I thought maybe you were time. just doing all this stuff all the time with all those lovers. I, I have different variations of it or degrees of it. And like different kind of like experimentations with it, right? Okay, so, so like, what's the longest you stayed in a little headspace? Like forty-eight hours. And so, what what was the situation there? It was just like with a past partner of mine. I'm trying to be as nondescript sure. as possible. Um, where like, yeah, we just like talked about it, and I was like, I don't know if I can do this, but I think it'd be kind of wild to try this and see how it shakes out. Yeah, so I just like. But again, I'm pretty much me in all those places, just like 
a little ditzier. I can fucking hear him. I hate it. I'll get him in a second. Okay. Um, but it was just like, you know, I did what I normally do in a lot of ways. Like, I just, like, yeah. I built Legos. I watched TV. We, like, <laughs> fucked a bunch. It was fun, right? Yeah. It, but it's just it's just adding the air of, like, role play and, like, saying go oh, and act on the scene, There's right? A, any little juxtaposition of some reality like that, I mean, it's it doesn't really take much um, to heighten the stakes when you just have a different little scenario in your mind going on. Even if you're doing the same stuff, if in your mind this person is slightly taking advantage of you or whatever. But caring for you at the same time, right? Yeah, I know. (laughs) That's the thing is like, you know, like they made my lunch and shit and like made food for me and then like, but then took advantage of me afterwards. It was so hot or like, oh, let's let's get you in the bath now. Oh yeah, please put me in a bath. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Wash my body. <laughs> okay. Um, but I mean, that's just one dynamic to like age play or like age regression, I guess, if that's the fetish, right? So like, uh-huh. you know, there's like people go all sorts of places with it. Like there's like people who would consider themselves middles and it's more of like you are really more of like a teenager yeah. type age. Like technically, I guess I'm more in like the middle-y area, but... You're lower middle. <laughs> I'm I'm like a lower middle, you're upper doing, little. You're saying <laughs> upper little. You, wait, you're saying ten to twelve though, or more? Because ten to twelve ten, is still is upper little. I think that's what I thought. Because that's think. prepubescent still. Yeah, and so I think middles are more of like twelve to like you know fifteen. Well, and it depends too on like girl boy or vagina penis because of hormone differences are a little bit off. I don't but, think people are looking that far into. Well, it. I'm just saying you could be very specific <laughs> about what a thirteen year old girl versus boy means. Oh would yeah, be true. Um, but so, ugh, so yeah, there, there are people who, who are middles, If you right? want to be 13, you're sick. Any other age, <laughs> I totally empathize with. But if you want to be 13, what? Kill yourself. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's horrifying. Uh, but yeah, people do wild shit with it. Like, and I say wild, I mean, really just a wide variety. So some mm-hmm. people, you know, it's not sexual whatsoever. It's purely like a fetishistic role play, right? Where they just, they, yeah. there's a release from going into that headspace, like a freeing of like obligations, right? You know, you're no longer in control. So you're able to relax and like not have to worry about like your real life for a little bit, you know, yeah. some people do it for therapeutic reasons to like, to deal with like past trauma, right? Like that helps them yeah. to face it in certain ways. And, <laughs> well, see know. like, this, okay. So the other day there was a comic on stage in uh, Chicago where, where he was saying that a job that he had recently, he, he for a while was working with Asperger's, the autistic kids. And then he wound up having a, year, a job for a few years being a caretaker to an autistic spectrum person. And suddenly I just thought about my whole, like, like I'm not really paranoid, but I have this almost... Um, let the little, you know, the little thought experiment, like what if I were in the Truman Show thing? Um, but like, so maybe I'm like kind of special needs, but nobody really wants to tell me that. And these <laughs> people are just kind of taking care of me. Yeah. And, um, but then I'm like, yeah, but then they fuck me. So they can't be, unless they're retarded too. And that way, you know, like unless they're special needs too, then they're, they wouldn't just, you know, so I'm like, okay, so I'm definitely not in some kind of Truman Show special needs situation because these women are fucking me. But then I, then I thought, 
Well, no, that's exactly what we are in. They are taking care of me. I do need to be taken care of. We all take care of each other in various ways in relationships. <laughs> um, but in some ways, I am kind of special needs. And I do like to find people who will kind of take care of the, me in those ways. And then I'm like, and I can just think of it as them taking advantage of me <laughs> when we have sex. I'm like, yeah, yeah you're uh, uh So then I kind of told the girl that. I'm like, yeah, so I mean... You're my caretaker and you have sex with me. So <laughs> <laughs> you're already doing it. <laughs> no need. Because, you know, I'm always trying to groom her into role playing more and more. Um, and we're getting there. There have been little things where we kind of like, I'm like, let me just overlay this reality. Like we're already having sex in a certain way, right? And then I'll be like, okay, just think about this. What if you're my camp counselor and yeah. I am like two years younger than you and... You know, we kind of were talking all night and like realized, oh, maybe I'm like have a crush on you and you're whatever. And so like same thing. Yeah. But that's what's happening in my mind. Just so you know, in case you want to join me psychologically. Um, and so, you know what I mean? Like we're kind of just like I said, I'm grooming her. Um, <laughs> and so now I'm like, hey, oh, <laughs> you gosh. already are my caretaker who's taking advantage <laughs> of me. It's great. Mm hmm. I don't know. I think, you know. Okay, Cooper. At this point, you've already been out and in. It's kind of hard. It's a little hard. (laughs) It's a little hard. (laughs) His dick is moving up and down. (laughs) (laughs) Is this like the start of his... um, yeah, because the girl has said that her dog will get an enormous erection every now and then. <laughs> it's been a while since it ha- he may be too old now, but he used to get <laughs> such enormous erections that he would be debilitated on his back, unable to get up or move, just like <laughs> flailing about. Oh, <laughs> that's nature at its best. Yeah. <laughs> nature. Well, that's our eugenics project on these chihuahuas at its best. That is nature. We are nature. Well, that's true. We're part of nature, so. But... Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just like, I've always known that I was kind of interested. I mean, obviously, I had a sexuality since so young, and and as a kid, I thought about adults taking advantage of me and stuff. And so I'm like, obviously, I'm pretty into this. But like I said, it's pretty vulnerable. It feels very weird to ask a lover, "Hey, that's the hardest thing." What if I imagine myself as X years old and you're a fucking pervert? You in? You into that? That's Um, the thing. Okay, so what you brought up is like, is literally the hardest part about being into age play is like bringing it up with the partner. <laughs> You're literally like, asking someone else to be a fucking pedophile for you. I know it's a, it's a I wild mean, kind of like ask <laughs> and okay, maybe not necessarily a pedophile. We're ignoring that. Like, it, I, okay, whatever I mean, you are, but like, it makes it weird for me to think about that. Like, like me, even though I'm thinking about the person fucking me, it's the bad, we, older, we play with the incest taboo. Sometimes we play with, yeah, uh, but I, I'm just saying like I, the word pedophile in that taboo. situation makes me uncomfortable. Well, of course, right? because that's the taboo and it's like the strongest one. And so you're yeah. supposed to have this feeling of like, Oh, let's make sure that, uh, we're not going off the deep end here and doing anything that's actually wrong or damaging. But like, yeah, it's, it, I mean, that's a huge thing you know like in every relationship i've been in recently like it's had i've had to bring it up right because it's like look (coughs) you don't have to do it with me but like you need to know this is a thing i'm gonna do Uh so i'm either doing it with you or somebody else (laughs) (laughs) right and also it's like also you you, i just need you to know this right like it's like uh 
it's kind of like yeah it's like part like how i like just being spanked and like being yeah. like degraded like that how i like have like different like kinks and fetishes like this is one of them yeah. that holds a large enough like sexual space for me that's like yeah you kind of just like need to be on the know. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's so what it is. So you know who I am as a person. You, I need you to know who I am and accept that. Hey. And even if Cooper. you can't. I don't, what are they fighting about? Cooper sniffed at Ellie. But why? She walked near him. Cooper is being. Cooper. He's not getting he, attention. So he's being a I little know. dick. Well, I was gone for two weeks and he's just. It's just like, well, now that you're back, why would you not hold me and pet me? It's because oh. you're a piece of shit, Cooper. No, you're a little piece of shit, dude. You he, were wondering why he was not being friendly. Whatever, with you. fuck him. I tried to be because, so nice to him, no, picking he can him sense up. Sense that it's not real. I like whatever. I it was so real. Like <laughs> I went to go get him so he could cuddle with Alyssa and I, and he snarled and bit my hands and has tried to bite me every single time I've like tried to pick him up to take him outside. I'm sorry. <laughs> Every single time. Well, He's a piece of shit. No, he, you have been quite mean to him, and he Bullshit. has learned to be afraid of you, and he always had that issue with Alyssa. Okay, wait. So we were talking about this well, just age telling, and how like, hard it is telling to a tell partner people. of yours, like, yeah, that you're into any sort of age play. Because, like, here's the thing. Saying that you like calling someone daddy in bed sure. is kind of like admitting you're into age play to somebody, but it's in a very socially acceptable way. Yeah. telling somebody hey i'm gonna think i'm probably gonna be thinking like i'm a 12 year old and you're ra- while you're railing me mm-hmm. that's a different ball game yeah you know right yeah but here's the thing when i have told people more often than not everybody's been pretty on board with it yeah i think it's a thing more people get into than like to admit it right mm-hmm. and every relationship i've like introduced it into it's been an amazing facet of that relationship right yeah. and it's like really brought us closer together because it is such a vulnerable space to be in together right right it's really like it's a it's like the oxytocin exchange that type of bonding that happens there that level of trust is yeah. like unreal yeah and that's and that's another interesting thing about like poly stuff too is that if there if you do have partner a partner who is like super not comfortable with something that you are really interested in sexually and that's kind of a, a way to be like, oh, like, look, if you don't want to fulfill this thing that if not a need is something that you said, like, I am I am going to explore, um, then would you mind if I do it with this kinky as fuck person over here? Yeah. You know, so that's one way that you can. Yeah, because a lot of people are just kind of dissatisfied with things like that in a relationship, especially that are like that. It would be nice for it to not be your deal breaker if the other person doesn't want to feel like a pedophile or whatever. Yeah. Like if I was into monogamy, then the list of things I'm looking for a person to potentially check off yeah, is it's unreal. So long like that, it's that person doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. And so yeah, if you are interested in this like kind of breadth of those experiences, polyamory is probably the only way for you. And so I think that's part of my like thing in my journey out of monogamy. It's like I'm too kinky for monogamy, and I'm never going to explore that if I'm not poly. You know. Yeah. So, I because I've never even let myself think through like what age or ages, probably all of them, that I would like to be, but like what I, what would be my favorite. It took me a while to figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. I like dipped my toes into them all just to see, and it was like, 
when I was like trying to pretend to be three, I was like, the fuck am I doing? Like, I can't <laughs> seriously. Yeah. I was like, I like, yeah. I tried to do the baby talk thing for a all- second. I was like, no fucking way, dude. There's no way I can like ever, I, I like no, no shade on anybody who does baby talk and shit like that. But like, I already think about my voice and talking so much that like I cannot like adapt a different voice. And it was just like, I, I was like, this is fucking silly when I tried it. No. Someone would um, let me be like five, four or five. I would. Yeah. That's probably it right there. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right because there. Because for right? one, About four or five. I was very precocious, <laughs> you know, you know, when you're like, you know, I was, I was a pretty with it five year old. Um, <laughs> I was hip. Yeah, you know, like I was a little bit more aware than some of the five-year-olds, and I had been masturbating to orgasm <laughs> for a couple of years, which, if nothing else, might have jogged my brain online a little bit, you know. Um, but that's that age, right when like I was very close to my mother, and very, you know, still in that like womb nest child situation. That four or five years old, because five years old, then you start kindergarten, like half day, right? So you're in this sense of like I have so much memory and like awareness yeah. and sexuality and then that next year um right before i turned six really was when she start. she went to grad school and became a fucking bitch just you know when my mom <laughs> became the nightmare that she was for all those years um and so that drastic change is like you, that's right at the age and so like uh, all my mommy stuff and everything is just like there's just clear visceral stuff for me right in that age that I, I know I'm already playing out when I have sex with the girl and everything, you know, like I just joke I said the other day was just like that I'm, you know, she's, um, like I have my, like, I'm afraid that her boobs are so good that they're going to cure my mommy issues and I won't even be gay anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's Um. like, yeah, yeah, I can feel, I'm sucking on those nipples. Like, (laughs) <laughs> like you're I'm looking going, for something I'm going through some shit yeah <laughs> the anecdote is in that fucking nipple juice uh, I mean she and ugh, oh god it's so good cause she see I mean I anyway <laughs> you know watch I love her boobs oh man I have a different thing you what what's up well I mean we can keep talking about age play I, I mean I, I don't know I, I, I probably need to think about it on my own for a <laughs> while but um I just don't even know what that would be like to be okay because like yeah some people it's just not sexual maybe that's what I could also present maybe that would help the girl too if it was like what if we did this in a non-sexual way because I think that's her problem too she's like I'm not gonna have this sex drive to like want to fuck a five year but you're right like what if it just wasn't a sex thing well, it's not yeah also like the sex thing and it isn't like think of it less as fucking a five-year-old and like frame it more from the perspective that she should kind of be in which is like she's actually taking advantage of this right it's a little bit well, more sure. of like involved and in role like it's a more intense role play than i think you know right you'll have done before and like when you're doing that like the smallest things feel very large so it's like you don't have to fuck this five-year-old but like if you like See, it, like I don't if you do the, be, yeah i don't think you, i want to be fucked as a fuck maybe but as like a if 12 you year old. if you do like the take a bet we ta- have to make you take a bath thing and yeah. like she like washes you a little too like inappropriately and like leave it at that that holds like an intense weight right. to it as opposed to like I'm going to fuck the shit out of this five year old. Right, right, exactly. Like you wouldn't want, yeah, it's more of a caring, nurturing thing that I want anyway. And then, yeah, to the extent that it might become sexual in a way like that, where it's kind of incidental, um, the way 
things might accidentally happen in your child. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. And so if it's more of a... But then I'm like, yeah, but if I could role play whatever age you're still breastfeeding <laughs> two or whatever tell you, no In one's ever too old fine. to breastfeed yeah. my experience with age play <laughs> yeah. you can write a lot of reasons why a 12 year old would be you know like, yeah yeah but still like that thing from my <laughs> own childhood of like i'm being comforted in this way yeah i don't know uh, yeah mm, okay well i'll think about that <laughs> I like how we're doing things out of order this week, too. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to leave it Who out of order. the sexual fetish of the week has to be at the end? No yeah, one. true. Hey, y'all, we still need more reviews. It's a nice thing that you could do for us that doesn't take very long. Just say whatever's on your mind. Uh, here's one from username Purple. It's called Thanks Homos. It says, this is the faggiest podcast of all time, and now I'll never be able to stop thinking about human decanting. Cool. Five stars. I think he likes us. Or she, they. It. And honestly, that's my favorite review we've ever gotten. See, it's so easy. Oh, man. So I had a really wild, uh, kind of like, strangely, for me at least, deep moment the other night. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my friend was over and I was just like talking about my last couple of weeks and like, I went through and like told her, you know, about the girls that I've gone on dates with over the last week and a half. Right. Mm -hmm. And all three, I went on three dates, one in Louisville, two in Austin. They were all with trans girls. Right. Yeah. And, uh, by the time I got to the end of like telling her this stories, these stories, I was just like, I, I had this realization. I was like, Oh my God. Like I, am living in a time where I'm able to do a thing that I never even imagined I wanted to do. Yeah. So like I, when I think about like first, like realizing I was trans when I was really little. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, it was such an impossibility. I just decided I was going to be gay because that was easier than like losing everybody I loved. Right. And then like high school, college comes around, it becomes more of a realization possibility and I start moving towards that right Mm -hmm. but even then I'm thinking like dating is going to be so hard (laughs) like there's no like you know I I didn't have any sort of like image of or connection to like sexy like cute trans girls right that still wasn't like really a thing that culture hadn't been built up yet and you didn't know there was going to be like this whole tinder situation you know well yeah but I was aware of grinder and hooking up on like I guess I was already there for you yeah to a degree it wasn't as efficient you know but but then like to me now like knowing that like I really love I'm super gay and homosexual in like a very traditional like I like the sameness of me way right to look back on like my my relationships and this dating situation I found myself in and just to be like like I almost like just cried at it I was like holy shit like I'm able to like be gay as a person that I thought was an impossibility. And like this situation is even more of an impossibility beyond like what I thought, like I ever saw for myself. Right. Yeah. And like, it's wild that I can go and just date only trans girls. And not only that, that's fucking phenomenal to me. Cause when, yeah, exactly. It's like in every city you can just find whatever the trans girl, well, that's what I'm saying with Tinder or whatever you're using, you can just easily find 
some trans girls to fuck and across this country. Not even like it's world. not even just about fucking. It's like I've just or gone on like some great dates, sure. right? And sure, like, sure, sure. like just like. I always thought like, you know, there's this fear of like, who are going to be the other trans girls I'm meeting? How hard is it going to be to find cool ones that like, yeah, that I jive with. And it's been like the, it's not that it's like absurdly easy. Right. But it, it's been way easier than I thought. Yeah. I don't know. It made me super happy and it made me like genuinely kind of hopeful for the future in a weird way where I was like, look at the world we're living in. But the, that's wild. The other side of that though, that's so fucking breaks my heart is like almost all, except for one of those girls that like, I've like gone on dates with the like look of shock and disbelief when I'm just like nice to them and like very simple ways and like, courteous to them in very simple ways mm-hmm. right and like like they go on so many bad dates i think what? i think a lot of trans girls have a way harder time dating than i do i mean in fact i know it like i'm yeah, just i just hear so many stories but just like the it just breaks my heart to see like how hard so many of these girls try and like how shittily they're treated by people that they just are trying to genuinely open themselves up to right like I, I, I there's a moment in dates where i can like see somebody like realize that I'm not going to be a piece of shit. Right. And not with every, that's not, it's not the same with cis women. There's a different type of guard, but with like going out with trans women, there's a point where like, I see like some like mental defenses and physical defenses click off where it's like, Oh, okay. We're, you're not going to be a piece of shit type of person. Like you're not going to fuck me over here. Right? I'm surprised that they would have all those defenses up even with other trans women they were going on dates with. Yeah, because that's the thing. Is like I think there are a lot of fucking weirdos out there still. True. You know, when like if you're online dating is like, you know, a queer lady for the first time, like who know? You know, you just stumble into bad situations. Yeah, you don't know who you're gonna meet. And yeah, gonna and it's out. hard to screen people as much as you try. Like you, you don't know somebody until yeah. you meet up, right? Unless you are really chatting with them or something like that, yeah. which I don't do. I just meet them at a bar and right. fingers crossed. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm interested. You know, you say like you're you're like super gay for your sameness. Would you say you're also like even within trans women more attracted to people in kind of like your little gender range, gender expression range or however you would put that? Um, Kind of like low femme or whatever. Whatever you're <laughs> going for. Yeah, I don't know what I guess I am kind of like a mid femme, like so, somewhere around that. I, yeah. I, I say like soft butch femme. Soft butch, yeah. So there you go. Right, because it's like I'm never gonna be high femme, but I'm not. I'm not straight butch. Yeah, I got a little yeah soft butch femme. Yeah, right? you know what? I don't like the word butch. I keep saying on Tinder because I I would like swipe through at least I would try to do a few people in each city on this tour. I would try to like look at people's Tinder, you know. Yeah. And um, I kept saying footch. Is that what we're pronouncing that? It's uh, femme butch. Right, but that's a horrible word. It's a terrible word, yeah. Guys, footch? Um, yeah, I don't necessarily like Ugh. people in my same range. I mean, it, that is kind of like fun, right? Like, I mm-hmm. love the same lookiness, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I like the, the gay feeling of like, oh, we essentially put together the same outfit. Yeah. That's cute, right? All yeah. about it. And then we get to take it off each other even better. Mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, I... I just like all types of people. And mm-hmm. so like if you're wh- whatever you're doing, if you're doing you well, like whatever your look or your vibe or your style or your niche is, like if you are aware of that and you're doing it, performing it well and like in a unique way, 
Like I really dig that, right? Because it shows a self awareness and a control of like your image. Like that mm-hmm. we're like some people try and pretend that it doesn't exist, but it's like no, like you know exactly how you're projecting right now. Mm-hmm. And, like, you should do whatever you want with it. I just want you to do it in my head, like, quote, well. Like, be well put together and, like, have a cohesive look or whatever, you know? Yeah. See, there's not any kind of, like, particular attraction to exactly you or kind of, like, maybe the other end of the spectrum gender-wise but still a trans woman. Kind of little yin-yang thing going on at all or just kind of anything. I'm into anything. I mean, I'm usually, like, going more for girls that look closer to me, right? Like in my range of feminists. It does seem that way from the but, dates I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the other thing is that like it's not hyper intentional. It's really kind of what's available to me. Yeah. You know, it seems as if because I, I, I for as many dates as I go on, you know, I swipe right on fucking tons of people and maybe, you know, 10 percent come back with like a match. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and like a lot of other trans girls who are either more like passingy femi and way less like way less like passingy femi like pass on me mm-hmm. and like don't like want to match with me right and so i don't know what kind of like confirmation bias type shit's going on maybe where it's like the people i'm going on dates with are people that look closest to me even though i'm like trying to go on dates with people who have all sorts of looks right oh interesting that's who's clicking on you more too so yeah i hadn't thought about that selection because yeah. like i haven't like met many trans girls like out irl and gone on dates with them so like there is like a two-way you know process yeah that makes sense <laughs> But, oh, God, I'm so, oh, I'm so excited to go on a date with this one trans girl and, like, a while she, like, has to move to town. She's in San Antonio. But she's fucking sick. She listens to heavy metal and, like, it's so well-dressed and just cool and cute as fuck. And it's like, goddamn, dude. I'm so glad there are more cool trans people. It's, like, really been, like, <laughs> uplifting to see. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's so interesting. I never thought about you having the leap of faith doing this, just that you would have peers and community, like, and people to date and everything that you would also be into and who wouldn't be whatever you might have worried. Yeah. Well, I mean, in my head, it was like, you know, being gay already like knocked down my, well, as I saw myself gay, even though at the time I was just, you know, queer and couldn't figure that out. But like, that was already limiting my quote unquote, my dating pool and like being trans was like, holy shit. Like I'm going to have to find a fucking saint, you know, <laughs> or like some weird person, you know, to fuck me. Someone who's willing, yeah, that kind of saint who'd be willing to fuck me. <laughs> like you have some kind of like degenerative disorder. Or yeah. Something. That's yeah, what it that felt is, like for no, a second. I mean, you know, that's what the culture was telling you, you know? And so just to like, and then now I get to look back at like really at my like dating over the last year and a half. I've like got to like hook up, go on dates with, spend time, form like amazing relationships with like a multitude of trans women, right? Mm-hmm. And it's been one of the best like experiences I've ever had, you know? It's been wildly like revolutionary in my head, just. I don't know. It's changed kind of how I look at the world in a weird way. But anywho, just had that thought yesterday when I was like, Oh fuck. Like I am living. I mean, I had this thought a lot where I was like, my life is amazing, but like 
I had a moment where I'm like, Jesus Christ, like my life is fucking phenomenal. I thought phenomenal. that same thing the other day. I'm just like talking to the girl about it. It's like, dude, okay. I have a wife and a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, it's all a wife. I, a wife and a girlfriend and a girl we're seeing together. And I really am in a 24-7 kink relationship with some dude in North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Not to mention that we're fucking comedians. We do this podcast. We do this podcast. Like, that's pretty great. That's worth being poor. Oh my gosh. Can I tell you the best moment I had yesterday? Uh Uh, I went to... I'm still friends with my philosophy professor. And so I went to his house for happy hour before he went out to this concert. Um, And... We're there and, you know, it's him, two new professors that just got hired, his wife, his sister-in-law, we're all, and he and his, me, me and them are, he, whatever, I'm so high, I just took a bit hit. We're all friends except for these new professors and this one other student of his who recently graduated. Um, and we're sitting there and so the student that's recently graduated is like, wait, but I don't really know any of y'all, I just know him, the professor. So let me go around like y'all, what are you working on? Like, what are you writing on? She didn't know, or they didn't know that I wasn't an academic necessarily. Mm -hmm. I just, you working on some shit. Yeah, I know. But it's like, (laughs) oh, I'm working on things. But I was like, the way it's set up was like, I was the last of the three new people to like have to do it. So it was like, right. And so it was a long conversation before it got to me because there were lots of questions. And so I was like two glasses of wine deep by the time it got to me. But, like, uh, I wasn't even sitting down. I was up pouring my third glass of wine. Sounds <laughs> when, <fair> right. uh-huh. uh, when they were, they were like, oh, yeah, so what about you? And uh, my professor was like, oh, yeah, you should tell them about uh, the gender fluids. And they were like, wait, you're gender fluids? What? And I was like. Oh yeah. They're like, Oh my God, I fucking love, you know, they loved it. They're like, I listened to you my entire drive down here from Boston. Like, like they just got here from like driving down from Boston. Yeah. And I was like, Oh yeah, I, I'm that Ava. She's like, Oh my God. I just, Oh wow. (laughs) You know? And I was like, Oh, I feel so awkward now. I don't have to tell you what I do at all, but you now know more about me than probably anybody in this room. Well, except for one other person every but, yeah. time that happens it's almost like i just completely compartmentalize that some if someone tells me that they've like listened to every episode even much less <laughs> just a few or whatever i'm like there are people yeah like on the tour who were like yeah i went back i've listened to every episode so blah blah and i just I, but like, i immediately you know so much about me yeah and it's like i cannot wrap my right mind around that in any way so i just immediately compartmentalize it you know the way people like give you a compliment on your stand-up or something and they tell you that was my favorite thing I've ever seen in my life and whatever. You can't really like let that soak in, especially in public or anything. So you just kind of like go, Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. And then just, oh, you just mental note, off. maybe one day I'll sit in the restroom and go, yes, you know, but I just, I'm just, you just shut it off. And so then as soon as someone tells you, you know, listen to every episode of your podcast, it's like, uh huh. Anyway, so what are we talking about? Like, <laughs> it can't, what could I possibly do with the information that you know all of the shit about my sex life and childhood and you know like? <laughs> I, can't, I just can't. I can't compute that. So may as well <laughs> put it in a box. Dude, that's the best. Like the. 
like, yes, that's how I feel every <laughs> single time. It's just like, dude, I, and it, the, but for me, for some reason, everybody always wants to then like really talk to me about their shit immediately uh-huh. afterwards. I don't know if they do that with you, but for me, they feel like they can talk to me. And so they <laughs> want to tell me all of their things. And I'm just like, oh, dude, I <laughs> like do could not want to do anything less than this right now like whereas uh, i would love to hear about people's shit if you can get me to shut up long enough to tell me about some of your shit i would be fascinated but <laughs> i'm just like they're like let me tell you this really interesting story i'm like why don't you just like tell Sometimes it people into do. a microphone and start your own podcast i don't want to it feels like for me, it feels like they're forcing me to partake in their own little three-minute podcast. <laughs> it's like, oh, I love what you do so much. Like somebody like, Mick Jagger, your music's so inspiring. Here, take my CD. It's like, yeah. Mick Jagger doesn't listen to your fucking CDs, and I don't want to hear your goddamn stories. No, but if you do have <laughs> fucked up section, sex I want to hear about it. Yeah, send it to Ariel. Yeah. If, the more fucked up, the better. If it's not <laughs> fucked up enough, I don't, probably won't care. But if it is <laughs> disturbing, <laughs> do let me know. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Can we real quick just talk about that lesbian cafe? Oh, that's charging the 18% man tax? There's a vegan lesbian cafe somewhere in Australia. Not even one of the cities that we even know the name of. Um, And, yeah. Well, at first the article someone sent me was... It just said they charged an 18% surcharge on men to make up for the wage gap. And then they gave women (laughs) priority seating. (laughs) Super tight. Or something else. But like, okay, I looked it up because I wanted to make sure the whole thing wasn't just a hoax anyway, just fake news. And there were a lot of articles about it enough that I was like, okay, this is real. But... The real the reality is that it was they would ask men at the end of the meal if they would like to pay an eighteen percent um, f- like donation to that represented the wage gap and it was going to some kind of like organization that helped women or whatever yeah. and it was optional it was just like at HEB or whatever when they're like hey do you want to give a dollar to children and you're like no just as easily men could just say no see this made me hate it because like it took away all of the f- badassness <laughs> yeah. to it where it's like no you will pay an 18% tax that we are keeping for ourselves and it's like no, it's like it's like the tampon and the drink thing where it's like, yeah, this didn't come up as like a cool For the radical. Listeners, there was a restaurant that was put making tampon cocktails that looked like bloody drinks and they would it stick a so tampon in cool. it. But you know, they didn't do fun. it for the conversation like they said they did. They did it for the Instagram pictures oh, yeah. and for the sale. They said it was for the dollar that was being donated to women or whatever, but like <laughs> donated to buying a Bullshit. tampon for someone else. And for the tampon that we waste in your drink, yeah. we're going to give one to an African <laughs> child or whatever they were saying. It was like, no, they did it for the, for the Instagram. And so with this shit, it's like, okay, that's like a nice idea, but like, it's not as cool. It like, it's very earnest and boring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I cared way less as I heard about the story more, you know? Either way, it's unfortunate that like whatever lark that they were doing, I think they were trying to be, maybe they were trying to be fun and cute and instead the internet got a hold of them and just made lesbians 
look like exactly the most it was the, everyone wanted that story to be the stereotype of everything and so like lesbian vegan been, cafe chart. but it would have been better if it was the stereotype of everything instead of this kind of a and they just been like yeah so men aren't gonna eat here and we're fine with that like we we're lesbians we just want there to be fucking hot women in our cafe yeah, so we figured if we charged men more and then, the ones that are here can afford an 18 yeah. percent surcharge yeah we only want wealthy men and hot <laughs> lesbians at this cafe you fucking assholes. <laughs> I think they should have made it mandatory, but I'm sure there's something legal where you uh, can't. Person Detori. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> and on that. Her daughter, Detori. Uh, <laughs> this has been another NPR production out of Safe Space Studios. We're broadcasting on 66.6 FM. That's KFUX. Peace. Ciao. I'm Janish Meeting, a native writer and comedian, and I'm thrilled to announce that my podcast, Woman of Size, has found a permanent home on the Hoo-Ha-Ha Network. On Woman of Size, I talk to artists, writers, activists, and thinkers about their big-ass lives, their big-ass experiences, and their big asses. Woman of Size is plus size, Latina, flawed, curvy, curvy, thick, queen, queer, fat, black, disabled. So come take up space and subscribe to Woman of Size on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. Be big, baby. This has been a Hoo Ha Ha Podcast.